Welcome to another episode of the Autism Everyday podcast. We are your hosts Swati and Geeta. Welcome back. So in today's episode we are going to jump right in and talk about something called life planning. Yeah. So interestingly very recently I think it was the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh we had a workshop by a financial guru also known as Shrikant. <laughs> so who actually sort of made us think about this mm-hmm. term mm. he spoke about life planning as opposed to financial planning yeah. and that yeah. really got us thinking thinking right so it's a word we and looking back we realized something we do uh, talk about largely when we talk to families but we didn't realize it had a term called life planning <laughs> and larger meaning right larger meaning than that right so what really is life planning it is a term that's very hard to define but generally it, it largely means identifying and putting down what we want as life goals it could be dreams aspirations goals outcomes in any domain of your life after all we all have plans and visions for life our life we all talk about things that we want to do with our lives would like to do would have liked to do and so on and so forth and i think one of the things that i always think about when we talk of this is we always ask little children like seven years, five years, eight years old. What would you like to do when you're grown up? And you're in for some super cool answers. Right? So entertaining. Right? Yeah. It, it used to be I want to be a train driver before. Right. I'm sure it's different now. It's I want to be a YouTube influencer <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So times have changed. <laughs> right so why do we ask these kids this question i don't know that's something for us to think about and something to talk about another day but life planning is all about putting it all down in writing so it forms a general guideline and kind of acts like a reminder every now and then when you meander off your path then you know life just throws so many things at us right so yeah yeah and i think ever so often we hear someone saying oh i wanted to do this and that but look at what i'm doing now mm-hmm. um my friend used to say she wanted to travel all over the world and mm-hmm. she had a list of places she wants oh. to see but right now she's caught up you know bringing up her kids and taking care of her home and everything yeah, else yeah, yeah travel is nowhere in the picture that's sad yeah and i and i think she also feels really bad about it right mm-hmm. it takes me to that young parent that we know yeah yeah who we met the other day mm true such a smart person well read well accomplished highly educated um had dreams of you know really working in her field and doing something unique she's not parenting two kids and between school drop off and pick up supervising the house help and um, satisfying the needs of extended family members and their expectations she has let some of her dreams die right are there many women i'm sure you also know yeah. i know many women who have moved to another town or country or city after they got married uh, where there are no opportunities to work um, or follow their passion yeah i think in i mean the recently anyway mm-hmm. a lot of friends that i've been in touch with have spoken about how regardless of moving mm-hmm. uh, towns or countries they've sort of had to give up their work when they embarked on the motherhood journey yeah, more than true. anything else true true 
and lot of times people who are in that position now of you know doing something different from what they wanted to do may choose to say oh my priorities have changed and i really enjoy what i'm doing now this may be true right for a lot of people this could be uh, true yeah or just the way you justify it to yourself right yeah also that's another way to yeah, look at it to yourself and to the world at large that look i'm in a great place but if i'm sure if the same person kind of caught themselves at a vulnerable moment then the sadness over lost dreams may just show up yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i think this whole concept i mean coming back to life planning it it came up right interestingly like i said in yeah. that conversation that we had and um to our financial planning guru he asked parents he was speaking to parents of uh, children with autism and he spoke to them about life plan and whether they had a life plan for their child as a starting point for financial planning right so life plan was like a precursor to financial mm. planning and he told us that he was going to ask this question just before the workshop as something to begin the workshop with mm. simply because as a parent or even as an individual you need to know what you are saving for mm. why you are saving for it and mm. how you foresee you will use that amount or mm. that resource mm. so it's not so much about x y or z fixed amount okay this is a good amount that's a greater amount let's mm. let's aim for that no it's not about that but it's about what you see for yourself and your child mm. and this i mean quite literally that statement took us right back to life planning mm. because this applies not only to parents of children with autism but quite literally to all of us right absolutely it has very little to do with finance and everything to do with what you see for yourself yeah and like you rightly said it applies to each one of us i think whether you're single or you have a family or you're a parent of a child or child with special needs yeah. or you're a pet parent yeah life plan planning is quite literally for all of us pet parent too I yeah think. yeah <laughs> <laughs> pet parent in our case like yeah. multiple pets yeah but yeah i mean imagine if you went back to our school days yeah right you had to plan at class 10 uh, pick a group to study or uh, no i remember like digressing but i remember there was someone i knew who put their child in one of those uh iit prep uh uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and i think that child was like in grade 6 uh-huh. <laughs> and i was so worried but they apparently have a separate classroom yeah. in that particular school where oh, they then make extra help yeah so that they can get into this stream in class, class 11 oh, okay. and to coach for the iit so that's yeah. quite crazy yeah. yeah so look how how long that planning was like 6 years and and then some so one had to pick a group to study or like you said you know prep depending on what you want to do in college or what's your ambition or what your parents plan for you whatever <laughs> it might be right so well looking back at what you said life planning clearly begins probably even in kindergarten yeah <laughs> quite literally if you live in a competitive culture right and when you have a child with different needs then a question you probably have been asked many times and i'm sure many many parents would agree with this right from the time of diagnosis you are asked this question so what do you want for your child and the answer at that point usually is i want the child to be independent to be to take care of himself to be able to communicate or right these are the uh, typical responses that parents do give more or less but these are responses that come immediately off the cuff to the top of your head because the honest truth is that there are no answers at least right at the beginning 
remember this condition is new the parents are new to the diagnosis they are yet to come to terms with the diagnosis and what it means for them and for the child the implications are large and this does take a while and when your child is much 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 younger like two and a half three doesn't seem so uh, the future doesn't look so scary yeah it so definitely daunting. looks yeah. more hopeful and you know it's a short term thing but the one thing that changes when you get a diagnosis is that the dreams that the parent had for the child are no longer relevant and the parent has to think afresh because this child is a completely different package yeah and i think uh, this is a child that the parent is responsible for much like any parent is responsible for their child but completely this is kind of for the rest of their lives yes that's the distinction somewhere yeah. there yeah. every decision whether you like it or not is on you yeah there is never going to be a point of time more often than more not often than okay not. again disclaimer this is not every single ch- person or child with autism but more often than not right uh, most of the children that we work with right um every decision you take whether you like it or not is on you every decision has implications in the short run and then in the long run yeah. when there's a stated objective which is you know as vague as someone coming up to us and telling us i want my child to be independent then life planning will involve defining what is independence according yeah. to you what does it look like when your child is 3 when he's 5 when he's 20 when he's 15 yeah. and beyond like what is it what yeah. is independence yeah. and do we all have different notions of what it is and like you said it differs with the chronological age of the child as well yes yeah right. and then i think what vision comes up to you as a parent is the most important thing so once you have some thoughts and ideas there then it's about finding a way or a path to get to those thoughts or ideas yeah. which will eventually lead to the stated objective of this independence yeah. yeah i think it's just it goes back to defining it goes back to operational definitions if you're an aba geek then you'll love this cuz i love operational definitions oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> and i have a little like handy book of operational definitions yes. stuffed away somewhere yeah but defining any plan is important it's akin to what we spoke about earlier picking you know subjects in class 11 the most crucial decision you ever made <laughs> in your life and i made many errors there by the way <laughs> right so how can you plan finances as you know say you need to save uh, x crores for yeah. your child's financial security and this is something i think that that kind of uh, quantifying a sum of money mm. many parents are very clear about mm. saying i need to save money at least i need to save money for my child is something most parents are clear about but if you ask them you know where is your child going to live with whom and who scared uh, what after you do you think he'll be able to live alone or will he move out in in his 20s yeah or do you think you're going to support him till he's 30 in yeah. your house in your house right then very often they don't have an answer or even a remote plan and it is usually left to fate to the passage of time because time will take care of most things or the belief that something will show up dekha sure jayega yeah there's a god up there and i'm sure he has a plan and that will show up at the good moment right unfortunately this often leaves young adult or the child in limbo and even i think the family that uncertainty mm-hmm. every now and then it will crop up and of course you can push it to the background and say it will happen but it is bound to be a factor which is like a source of you know a little thorn somewhere and of course it's true that 
life is uncertain and even the best laid out plans can be sabotaged by uncertainty and, and an unplanned event. Despite that, working with no plan or living with no plan is a no-brainer, whether or not there are uncertainties. I mean, this is doomed for, you know, a lot of difficulties. Yeah. Uh, very often we ask parents who meet with us, who consult with us, what they want and like I said earlier, they just say independence. And when we ask the same parent who stated independence as a goal, uh, if they'd want their child to live independently, let's say, okay, let's say in a space for disabled adults. And there are many mushrooming across the country, yeah, specific to residential yeah. centers, specific to autism or specific to multiple disabilities. The answer is usually no. They want them to be at home under their care. So where is the stated objective? Or rather, what is independence to you if it is not being, being able, able to, to let go of that child at a particular age and letting them do their own thing, mm -hmm. right? Which is why it is crucial to have a visual in your head, a life plan. Let's say in 20 years, this is what I broadly want for my child and then make smaller goals to achieve this larger goal. Mm -hmm. And very often you will find that certain steps that you are taking right now are totally off track from that larger goal yeah. when you when you actually draw yeah. it up this yeah. way. I mean, simple things like you're getting the child to eat independently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I'm assuming uh, the child is capable uh, in every other physical way. And but independence begins from something as small as that: self-help goals, being able to bathe, brush, whatever. Those things take time. But can the child eat independently? And many times parents resist that because they feel that the child needs to be fed, will not eat enough, and so on. So independence begins at a very, very uh, at a very basic level, you need to start shifting a mindset if that stated outcome of independence has to be achieved in the long run. Right. the child is heading towards adulthood, right? So, but if it's just living about today, just about like yeah. getting through today. Oh my God, did we get through today with minimum, uh, you know, instances of whatever. Uh, disagreements and confusion and was life smooth today then it's it, then that doesn't work because life is going to catch up sooner than later and when we have people coming in with children or 13 or 15 who have very little communication or have self-help skill deficits challenges are much more right when you want to get a child towards independence in these areas once they are past 8 or 10 it is harder and it is a lot harder it is really really hard because it's so established in the child's repertoire of behaviors so other thing that happens again is the the social angle and this is something that interferes right interferes guilt right guilt of having this child who's different and often parents blame themselves internalize the blame this results in parents not seeking the right kind of intervention for their child's needs. I mean, many parents do not even tell their own close family members that the child needs some input or needs help. Or just that the child is on the autism spectrum. Like, just to state that, it's weird, but I recall years ago we had a consult or it was somebody we knew and the child was not very young, so was closer to 10 maybe. And they hadn't told their extended family that the child has autism. And it was evident. It's not something you hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is there is this social uh, anxiety about admitting that your child has different needs. Oh, he goes to a special needs school. Oh, yeah. No, 
you never say that no, right no never never no, so parents often don't want to admit that their child has autism and require some therapy they much rather stay they know oh, he hasn't started talking so we just getting some help with the speech um anything that does not say special school or does not say autism or whatever the child's challenge may be so here i don't know who, who are we fooling ourselves the child i don't know society the next door neighbor the next door neighbor the sister dog grandparents your friends yeah yeah so i mean i think it's important to keep in mind that your child's ability and inability to do something isn't a reflection of you yeah they have autism and this comes as part of the parcel and clarity when it comes to acknowledging this disability is what you need when planning and only if the parent is willing to admit it to themselves and then to people around them i think will the parent ever begin to start planning till then it's something that's a closely held and it's not something that you are even willing to start fixing because you're not even admitted it to yourself right so it's so so important to get over this uh anxiety the stigma and the anxiety yeah, the surrounding stigma, right? it surrounding and it. honestly just to throw it out of your head there's someone who said um if i tell society that my child is autistic then they will label him and view him differently yeah. you know what so be it start now yeah. right yeah. you Be- may actually get some help you exactly you never know who mm. might actually turn out to yeah. be a huge strength of you may find a support, support system because yeah. what you, everybody needs help sometimes oh yeah and it could be your neighbor yeah i think you know your child is autism and you know how to how to interact with them or talk to them or if your child is actually friendly with them you know but for you yeah. right yeah. yeah absolutely so again think about where you want him headed at the end of 7 years keeping in mind okay there're going to be uncertainties something we can never plan for life is always changing nevertheless if you have a general direction and use that goal to guide your decision today i think that really mm-hmm. goes a long way mm-hmm. and then when you come back to financial planning just remember that money is not enough you got to ask questions for yourself to life plan before you even embark on financial planning mm. so here are some things that you want to ask yourself one is where will my child live at 25 mm. what will he need to survive then mm. materially and otherwise mm. who will provide those things or that support to him who specifically who are those people what is an absolute no no or something that i do not want yeah, for him right and then keeping this goal in mind when he turns 25 what steps do i need to take to get there let's say in 5 or 10 or even 15 years what are those steps as of today now right exactly Whether your child is 3 or 5 or whatever it is doesn't matter but now, you know what you want when he's 25 what do you need to work yeah. on today yeah that one point that you mentioned right what will he need uh, when he's 25 where will yeah. he live and what will he need to survive then mm and i think it's important to emphasize that we are not talking here about how much money will he need to survive yeah but it's about what skills or what abilities should he have in order to survive yeah because money you are already providing for you're providing for <laughs> and it is literally of no value yes. if they don't have the skill set yes. in order to utilize that to live a yeah. fulfilling life yeah. right yeah so digressing a little bit into the realm of mental health uh here one answer we often hear is no i don't think about that i just think about i've heard this so much it can literally <laughs> like it annoys me when people say i'm just thinking about the present moment yeah. i'm not thinking about the future i'm like really like yeah. 
okay <laughs> yeah, i live in the present moment right that's what which is awesome yeah. but yeah. the here and now yeah or uh, the present moment really is a buzzword for mindfulness and peace of mind and and it surely is yeah it is surely it is. is but that doesn't prevent or preclude the need for a life plan and you can actually be happily and genuinely in the present moment if you knew the future or plan for the future because that would you would means you have some clarity right you rest easy <laughs> <laughs> okay with that that was super deep so with that we are actually going to tune off today and we will see you next time and in the meantime stay tuned uh, go listen to all the previous episodes and we're coming up with so much more see you soon bye bye